Welcome to season three of Spotless, breaking the boundaries of television, where creative, technology, and television converge. Brought to you by two media trailblazers, Triple Lift and Advertising Week, Spotless brings you conversations with the industry's boldest and most inspiring voices. I'm your host, Alexis Ruff, and with me today is Ashwin Naveen, the co-founder and CEO of Samba TV. Welcome, Ashlyn. Thanks, Alexis. Good to be here. Great to have you. We're so excited for you to join us for the third season of Spotless. This is where we speak to individuals who have usually powerful role in television and advertising and how they meet. And Samba TV is so much more than just an advertising and analytics company. Can you share how you're positioning yourself in the marketplace today? Well, we're at the core, we're a TV technology company. We've built really interesting technology at the core of televisions that allows us to really understand, you know, what do people care about? It gives us a window into the hearts of the audience and what's trending, what's, you know, attracting attention at, you know, not only in the U.S., but at global scale, allowing us to create really valuable insights for the marketplace. Amazing. And let's go back a little bit to talk about your career that has led to led to where you're at today. What led you to your current role as co-founder and CEO of Samba TV? I would say it was for a love of television. Television, you know, really got us started on this journey. We, um, the early employees of this company, were, we all worked together at BitTorrent, which while you were at the studio, you know, making great movies, our users were using BitTorrent to steal those movies. Um, but of course, that wasn't what we condoned the use of our technology for. We just noticed that people were using our software to download a ton of movies and TV shows And, you know, within BitTorrent, there was a a really like sort of deep, you know, sort of technical foundation in the company and our open source heritage and building this really, you know, world renowned protocol. But within that group, there was also a subset of us who just loved media. And we noticed that's what people wanted to do with our technology. And by hook or by crook, they would take the video that they would download with BitTorrent and they would get it to their televisions because that is the best place to watch video, you know, for the video you care about the most, you'll watch it on your television um, because it was the only screen and it is the only screen in your home that was built for video. So we, we saw this happening at, at quite astounding scale. And we thought, gosh, it's not easy, you know, to do this. It's, it's a painful process, you know, whether it's the download itself and then the figuring out of how do you get it from your PC to your TV? We thought this could be a lot easier and certainly for this to be valuable, not only for the consumer, but for the industry, it should be supported with all the business models that we see on television, which is subscriptions, it's ads, it's brand integrations. You know, these are all the things that would succeed into the next generation of television. We wanted to make that all possible. Uh, yes, I think we, a lot of us are in this world because we have a love of television and a love of media. So speaking of television and media, streaming has dramatically changed viewing habits, something that you have been at the forefront of, you know, since BitTorrent. And consumers are watching content whenever they want, wherever they want, and the shift has shattered our traditional models for measurements. Can you talk about how measurement has changed in conjunction with these viewing behaviors? Yeah, you bet. I mean, the the fascinating thing about where the TV market's going right now is we've gone from one provider of television in most people's homes. Like it could be your cable provider, your satellite provider. Environment, we have multiple providers, and each of these providers are in a massive escalation to compete for your time and attention. And measurement plays a role not only you know, to understand how this marketplace is changing, but how those providers can be optimizing their investments 
And then how do brands position themselves in this, in this environment across a number of objectives, whether it's just to be positioned in the right context or to be, you know, investing to, you know, drive the right outcomes uh, and to make sure that that all, you know, is, is not wasteful uh, and frivolous. Like measurement plays a much more profound role today and in the future than it ever has. But it stands to reason that with all of the investment and innovation that's happened in the experience, that measurement would take a new shape as well. And so what we're doing is betting on the fact that the connected TV is the likely and inevitable successor to traditional television. And using that connected TV as an anchor to really understand not only campaigns that appear on the television, but on every device within the household. And to look at that holistically to deliver you know, true cross-platform measurement so that marketers can optimize where they position in all these environments, but also do it in real time. Because if you're learning you know, months after the fact, you've already spent your money. You know, to do this in real time is really how we can drive the best outcome for the marketer, the brand, but also for the consumer who's currently frustrated with how many times do we see the same ad over and over again because the measurement just isn't fast enough or reactive enough to what we're doing in, you know, in real time. Just to get a little deeper into what Samba does, can you, can you speak about what the different forms of measurement that Samba specifically uses that it really relies on first-party data to, to do this? Yeah, we, we like to say that we've turned this piece of glass in your home into a window into the heart of what is, you know, what are people uh, gravitating to? What are they watching? What are they consuming? What do they love? So window into the heart of the audience is really what we've created with our technology that goes into the TV. That technology powers real-time insight, you know, for ourselves, for our partners, for our customers. So they really get a, a really direct view into what's trending in television and then allows them to build a really efficient and effective strategy, you know, to reach those audiences when it matters, you know, with the right message. And so that's, you know, at a high level what we've done. And, and how does this work? Well, the technology that goes into the television is proprietary to us. It's our software. It goes into the TV operating system. It creates a first-party data set for us. Why do we say it's first-party? Well, people have to say yes. You know, what's unique about Samba is we're all opt-in. Always have been, always will be. We're not interested in data sets that people aren't, you know, comfortable with and consented to. And that's given us a unique, you know, sort of positioning in, in the changing privacy landscape. It's also allowed us to work with over 20 different brands of television, not only in the US, but in Europe and some of the most privacy conscious markets in the world. Um, today, these TVs, over 20 brands ship to over 100 countries. So unlike others who are really focused on just the US or just another country, we can create the first global view of television that's ever been created. And lastly, like working with advertisers and media companies to really plug the hole of you know, what we don't understand in television, to really say, here's how the consumer journey actually looks. It might start with a TV ad, but it might flow into a consumer journey that involves a digital device you know, in the home or outside the home. We can start to stitch this together and create a really unified and consistent view of the consumer for the very first time. So we think we built the measurement and attribution model that's future-proof. You know, it resembles how we live today, how media gets deployed today and can really transform media into something that's much more efficient, much more effective than it ever has been. That's unbelievable. And speaking of the future, since we know that marketers are demanding more transparency, what does the future look like for measurements and how should marketers adapt to these changes? 
It's a good question. So, you know, what we were talking about earlier, we've gone from having one TV provider to multiple TV providers that we all have, you know, whether it's subscription or ad supported or, or hybrids, we all have multiple providers in our home now. And there's always a show or two in each of these that we really care about. And so we're moving between these fluidly. We're moving them we're, we're consuming them on not just one screen anymore. You know, TV was a single screen in the, in the past, but today it's much more of a format that we can consume on any screen. There's amazing diversity and choice in all areas of the media experience, except for one area. It's in measurement where we still feel like we need a monopoly, but that we just don't believe in that. We believe that the future tears down walled gardens. It creates transparency it's built on you know, data neutrality that's not being captive to one platform and one screen and creates you know, a, a, a menu of currencies, multiple currencies that marketers can choose from. Why? Well, not all marketers are the same. You know, some are interested in building you know, global, highly recognized brands you know, with massive scale. And some are interested in building very targeted messages for very specific audiences. You know, in general, all of them care about outcomes and the outcomes are going to vary depending on whether your objectives are at the top of the funnel or the bottom of the funnel. And so it stands to reason the future of measurement is going to be multiple currencies and every marketer is going to have a currency that matters most to them. That's most truthful. That's most connected to their outcome. And any media company, you know, that wants to seek that budget, it will behoove them to embrace multiple currencies as well. That is so true. What we do know is that no marketer wants to overwhelm a consumer with the same ad over and over again. And uh, I recently read that in Q4 alone, Samba TV discovered 97% of all linear ad impressions were continually delivered to the same 55% of U.S. households. Can you talk about how your new performance-based metric, ICPM, combats this issue for both linear and CTV campaigns? Yeah, I'd love to. I, I will, you know, this stat really just underscores the point that marketing is really hard today. You know, building brands is really hard today. And it's a complete mess. You know, the fragmentation is a complete mess because you've got this religious battle between walled gardens and the open web, and you've got traditional versus new, traditional TV and connected TV and OTT. And, you know, from a marketer standpoint, it's like, where the heck do you start? You know, I, I know what's worked for me in the past. And, you, you know, anyone who's sort of comes to market saying that TV is dead, it's just not credible. And, you know, it's just not credible to say that. I know that was the business plan for a lot of ad tech and digital companies 20 years ago, and maybe even recently. But the fact is that the most recognizable brands in the world were built on television. And even direct-to-consumer digital natives are moving to, you know, television to, to get to that next level of scale. So everyone understands who's a credible media vendor or platform that TV matters. And so how do you build the brand now knowing that, okay, there's cord cutting, there's, you know, omni-screen consumption of video and television. Um, we believe that deduplication is the missing ingredient of everyone's strategy. Like when you go to the upfronts this year and you deploy against, you know, a traditional media company one by one, that's now got an OTT service that they've integrated. How do you know that one isn't overlapping the next? And we've all sat in the consumer's shoes. We've all sat down to watch television. We've all streamed television to a device. And we've all seen the fact that you can see the same ad way too many times. And that there's some people who haven't seen it at all. And some of the people who haven't seen it at all are actually the ones you need you know, to market to. And so unless you have a deduplication strategy, you know, the, the upfronts are just not going to perform. 
the television budget's not going to deliver the same results that it did in the past. And certainly the digital budgets could be wasteful too, because you know, either it's identity deprecation or a lack of measurement or transparency or walled garden that doesn't integrate with your TV buys. So what Samba has done is said, okay, we're going to take the plunge. We're going to take the risk. We have methodology that we believe in. We call it true reach and frequency. It deduplicates traditional television, addressable television, over-the-top television, and digital. We'll deduplicate it and give you a report that says, here's what each of these delivered in terms of incremental reach. Here's how much each of them delivered in terms of frequency, and here's the deduplication of all that. And if you want us to, we will deliver an incremental impression that's on top of everything you're already doing, and it's on us if we don't do it. Like We will only charge you if you get an incremental impression. We call it ICPM. It's basically saying that we're willing to put our money where our mouths are, you know, and just to say that, you know, TRF is a, is a, is a rock solid methodology that's currency grade. And if you would like us to deliver against that methodology, we'll put a currency out that only gives you the incremental impression on top of your buy. So it becomes, we call it a very, you know, sort of additive and valuable component to someone's upfront strategy. That's amazing. It is so granular. And I feel like it's going towards, you know, something else that I've heard you say in the past, which is like bringing TV into the measurement levels of digital. Yeah, you bet. Like we all, I think, have grown accustomed to the value of data. You know, on the one side of your plan, you've got really rigorous, you know, like almost clinical level methodology of, you know, causal, you know, attribution and control groups. And it's really awesome to see what we've done in digital. And, and marketers really have pushed the envelope on that side of the world, but then you still have a meaningful amount of your budget that's not as rigorously measured. And so we're just trying to bring consistency, bring your most robust you know, data science methodology to television as well. Stamba stands for that. We wanna help, we wanna give you the data, the identity and, and a platform to be able to bring that, that rigorous methodology to the biggest budget and the biggest screen. Bring it on, it is so needed in this industry. In March, a pretty, significant partnership was announced uh, as Disney named Samba TV its first official measurement partner. Can you talk to our listeners about this partnership and what it means for marketers? Yeah, I mean, Disney, I mean, doesn't need an introduction. It's one of the most remarkable and fascinating companies in the world. It's just uh, incredible what they've done with, you know, the Disney franchise as a brand that, you know, is beloved in every market and every culture, um, you know, and what they've done with, you know, their their studio and creating some of the most, you know, fabled franchises in, in film and the theme parks and the experiences around that, you know, but Disney understands the value of marketing those uh, experiences and they want to reach, you know, travelers, they want to reach to come to the parks, they want to reach film goers for every genre of movie that they, they publish, but they're also a media publisher as well. You know, they own ABC, they own ESPN, they own Hulu, they own Disney plus, which just recently introduced an ad supported model. ESPN Plus, which is that an ad-supported model, and of course they've got that digital, the entire you know dot-com and digital you know capability and, and content environment. How do they deduplicate all of this? Well, one thing that Disney has that's unique is that they're both great marketers. They're also great publishers. That's aggregated a vast amount of content across every screen. I think by our measures, they reach like over eighty-five or ninety percent of the of the country with all of that content. What they didn't have was a great way to deduplicate that with credibility in the eyes of the marketers. We, per, we had to prove ourselves first to the marketers at Disney, 
you know, with the studio and the, and the parks, you know, the, the theme park team who basically took us to task about, I don't know, five or six years ago and said, okay, you know, like, let's see if you can deduplicate our TV budget with our digital budget and OTT and let us see how we can optimize it with your platform, which of course we were happy to do. And, you know, they, they really pushed us hard on methodology and, and, you know, the, the timeliness of those results. And once we sort of proved ourselves to the marketers, they basically took it over to the, to the sell side of the organization, the publisher side and said, Hey, you know, if it works for us, it's a decent chance it might work for the other clients that you guys are selling to as well. And so that's really the culmination of about five or six years of work, more than half a decade of work that now reach the Disney tech showcase this year and will be featured in their upfront in the way that they're doing deals this year. In addition to their traditional currencies of Nielsen and Comscore, they are now also featuring Samba as an alternative currency provider. So we're the first alt currency that Disney featured. And so we were thrilled and honored to, to have that partnership and of course, you know, we're grateful for, you know, Disney really pushing us hard, you know, with a really robust, you know, set of needs across their marketing teams and their publisher teams. That is incredibly exciting and huge congratulations for this initiative and partnership. And we can't wait to see where it next leads. Shifting gears slightly, I would love for you to talk to us more about Samba TV's Picture Perfect. Can you talk about what Picture Perfect is with our viewers and how it impacts the viewing experience? Yeah, it's great, great question. So one thing I should say, the mission of Samba, you know, like what do we landed on as a mission, you know, that organizes our energy and our efforts as a team? You know, we do create data at the heart of television. And that does two things. One, it creates a more scientific approach to advertising, which is what we've been talking about. But the other side of our mission is that we believe in creating a better viewing experience for the consumer in the ads, in the content overall. Um, one of the ways that we do that is with the TV technology that goes into the TV itself. And, you know, we invented and deployed a technology, which many people call ACR today in the industry. And it's in every brand of television at this point, we're in over 20 brands. Um, you know, certainly some brands like Samsung have their own, but, you know, ours is one that's neutral to the brand of television. It goes across many brands and it cuts across every demographic and every type of viewer in multiple, many countries. And so one of the things that we've done as we looked at ACR is we advocated for why ACR mattered over a decade ago when we came to market with it. You know, we invented it and brought it into the TVs in probably 2011, 12 timeframe. It didn't exist before that. And many people question whether ACR would be useful because we already had panels from Nielsen. We had set-top box data from Comscore. Why do we need more data? Um, well, in a connected TV, it's nice to be able to measure connected TV. And ACR was able to do that. So it was very, very valuable and new, and it's clear in its value today. But where are we going from here? You know, we've built the successor to ACR. Well, everyone's sort of in the adoption curve of ACR today. We've already built the next version of it. We call it Samba AI, and it's using computer vision. You know, it's not just recognizing what's on the screen because we're watching the same thing. But what happens when you and I can choose the camera angle of what sporting event, you know, we might be watching the same event, but you might be interested in one team or player, and I might be interested in a different team and player. When we can start to really personalize the viewing experience, ACR doesn't work anymore. Um, what about when we're playing Call of Duty, you know, or, you know, some other video game 
we're having a very different experience for the same franchise. ACR doesn't work in that context either. So AI is really what allows us to understand the relevance of very personal and dynamic content, which we have to believe is a big part of the future. Uh, and being able to leverage not only the computer vision that makes that possible, but AI is a term that many marketers in our industry overuse probably. AI means something very different to us. AI is about making our lives better. You know, like when you can take some of the manual clunky things out of our lives to make, you know, machines more helpful, make technology and software more helpful, that's AI in our view. And, you know, Samba AI is basically allowing things like picture perfect to exist so that when you switch from, you know, watching an NBA game to playing Call of Duty or maybe to watching, you know, a thematic show like a Game of Thrones or something, the TV should be set up differently. And right now you have to go into your TV manually and change the settings, you know, from cinema mode to sports mode to video game mode. Like who wants to do that? AI should be able to understand that the context has changed, you know, the needs of the consumer have changed and the TV should adapt. And so that's, that's really what we're doing with Samba AI, which is very much core to our mission as a company. Not only who wants to do that, but most people don't even take the time to do that. Yeah. Could you just define ACR a little bit more for our listeners? The industry has used this term ACR to describe, you know, a variety of technologies to recognize content. The term ACR stands for automatic content recognition. We invented one type of ACR, which is a video recognition technology built for smart TVs that samples the video on the screen in order to be able to identify it as a particular TV show, a particular TV advertisement, a video game, or a movie. Those are the types of culturally relevant things that we care to recognize in the TV. And we do that with some video algorithms that we invented here at Samba and have deployed in the TV operating system. Amazing. That is just like the most key feature to, it sounds like the root of everything that you guys are working on. Segwaying a bit into the current industry and every major media company having their own streaming service or a plus at the end of their name, most TV viewers are going to have to be selective about their streaming service or services of choice. What do you think some of the key differentiators are that make one streaming service better or more popular or more successful than another? Well, there's some interesting news of late. You know, we've seen that Netflix had a, a, its first subscriber loss many, many, many years. We've had, you know, a number of people sort of think about and talk about, like, as we go into post-pandemic lifestyle, are we going to face a, a, an attention recession? Like, are we going to like have less time in front of the television? At the same time, every major streaming provider is putting in record amount of capital into programming. Uh, content acquisition and, you know, business model innovation. So, you know, it's kind of interesting where like, are we reaching peak levels of, are we saturating, you know, the content catalog to a point where we've exceeded the amount of programming that people can consume or they're willing to consume. And so now the stakes are going really high, you know, not only is the budget for content at record levels, but now we're fighting over the only scarcity that I think uh, exists in our life at this point, scarcity of time. And so now the, the, the battle shifts to how do you command attention? And I think what we're seeing now in our most recent study and state of viewership for you know, the listeners, this is a, a free report that we make available 
Uh, you can subscribe. We'd be happy to put it in your inbox every quarter. Just what is Samba learning from its data? Uh, we call it the state of viewership report. Um, in our most recent one, we, we discovered that of the major services like HBO, Amazon, Hulu, people are coming in, you know, for a single title out of the top 50, you know, like they have a particular title that they're coming in for. So more than, more than half, about two thirds of the viewers for these major services are cherry picking, you know, the content that they want. And this is a very different environment than what we saw in OTT V1. You know, Netflix was a monopoly. You know, Netflix could basically lock you in with their slate and, you know, they would keep you there. They would almost prevent companies like Apple and Google from making their index searchable because they wanted you to be stuck in the in Netflix world. Well, you know, the market has disrupted that model. And we have amazing programming in all of the major providers, you know, in HBO and Amazon, Hulu, Disney Plus, you know, Prime Video is going after Thursday night football in an exclusive basis. We've got, you know, and bought the param or sorry, the MGM studio. You've got the entire Marvel catalog inside Disney Plus. And of course, you know, all the sporting rights and ESPN and uh, HBO with Warner's catalog. This is a very high stakes battle at this point. And consumers are, are willing, according to our data, to cherry pick and move to the biggest shows. And so the long tail strategy and the sort of the attention, like the sort of monopolistic strategy of the past ain't working now. Uh, and I think that's what's driving sort of this next inning of this battle is that you've got to be willing to put real capital against, you know, tentpole franchises to really get people into the service and then hope that you can retain that user for as long as possible. Is there an area of CTV advertising that you feel is least understood today? Yeah, probably a few things that, you know, we could talk about in the CTV context. You know, the, there's a, you know, a, a ton of pressure that I think the CTV market is under right now, which is to defend the amount of growth that it's had over the last couple of years. Um, it's an amazing amount of growth. I mean, it is the fastest growing segment of the media industry by all measures. However, you know, a lot of the budgets were sort of peeled off from something else and deployed, you know, through a DSP or through a walled garden, you know, and it's very difficult for marketers to defend whether that's incremental or, you know, driving the right outcomes that they wouldn't have been able to get elsewhere. And so as I think about how do we make CTV work? You know, how do we you know, drive it to the next level? It really comes down to new measurement and new currency. That's got to come in to market now so that the CTV investments we've made and intend to make feel much more defensible. And I think that's probably table stakes for CTV. What's interesting is outside of CTV, whether it's an identity deprecation on mobile or on desktop that's coming, you know, I think there's going to be a tailwind in CTV because those platforms become less measurable in that context. And so we actually expect not only CTV to become the inevitable successor of linear TV and traditional TV, but also to pick up some additional momentum from these other digital platforms that are becoming less measurable and precise as a result of that disruption. So I think those are a couple of non-obvious things. A couple of other ones I'd probably say in the CTV environment is that We've got too many walled gardens. You don't need yet another monopoly player saying that you can only buy me um, because I own an OS or I own this particular franchise or service. I think that the you know the open web model 
will win in CTV, you know, and, and so propping up a walled garden now is probably not the right bet for the walled garden, but it's also behooves the marketers to be suspicious of those bets. We don't need more opaque, non-transparent, you know, media vendors in market. So, you know, be thoughtful there. The sort of companion point to that is, you know, what walled gardens do offer is much better privacy controls. So, you know, I would advocate, you know, in the CTV market that one, you know, requires first party data as part of the, the strategy, not necessarily attached to one media pool, not necessarily as a walled garden, but make sure that the data that we use for measurement and targeting, you know, is built on consumer consent. You know, this would be like a totally obvious point for Europeans. They would say, oh yeah, of course, we would never do anything otherwise. But Americans are, you know, a little bit more cavalier about this. And I think that, you know, the thing that's going to sneak up on us very quickly, you know, in post-pandemic regulatory environment is that I don't think the regulators are going to ignore that consumers care about privacy and they're going to bring it through a national privacy law, you know, whether it's before the election, I don't know, um, it'll come. And, you know, this is not something we should be, you know, just ignoring. And so the CTV marketer today needs measurement, needs precision, but it needs to be built on first party data and consumer consent. I think those are such salient points and not necessarily what every conversation is about right now. And maybe it should be shifting more towards that. Speaking of the industry as a whole, you've been in the business of television and media for over 20 years. What is one advancement that you've seen that has had the greatest, most sizable impact on television today? Well, the, 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 as soon as the TV became a connected device, that just completely was a fundamental difference in the way that TV, you know, has operated in the past. We, we were very dependent on, you know, the delivery mechanism, you know, as a form of, as, a, as the source of the content, also the, the source of the data. And as soon as the TV basically said, you know, you can put an antenna on your roof, you can hook it up to a cable box, or you can stream it direct to display. That was just a floodgate that, you know, opened up in terms of uh, the experience. And, you know, it's as fundamental as, you know, standard def going to H HD. It's as fundamental as black and white going to color. It's as fundamental as, you know, the first transmission over the air, you know, like it's, it's that it's that big. And, you know, that's what almost a hundred years ago or something that you, you, we first started broadcasting signals through the air. Um, it's fascinating to look at where this could go from here because it, you know, it just unlocks so much innovation when that TV now connected to the internet gives a real-time feedback loop to every stakeholder, you know, whether you're a content creator trying to develop narratives, you know, and you, we have, there's an immediacy in this data now that allows you to build something completely different than you've been able to create in the past. That works for the creator, it works for the publisher, it works for the advertiser and marketer. There's really now an entirely new paradigm that we're operating in. So just that moment was the one we'd been waiting for when we were at BitTorrent. We bet on it in 2008 and nine when we set up the company. And now you can't buy a TV that's not connected. You know, it is table stakes. And so we're reaching mass levels of adoption of this device. Uh, and I think we're only scratching the surface, surface of what that enables from a, a storytelling perspective. And I think it's all just going to keep moving faster and faster from here on out. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. So, you know, our AI models that we're running, like they weren't possible in the first generation connected TVs. Like those were basically, you know, tiny little processors or 300 megahertz single core, 
you know, processors that came from like future phones that they stuck into TVs. Today, we're dealing with quad-core ARM-based processors with GPUs. It's almost like what was in a game console in the last generation is now in your television. So imagine where we can go from here. It is a very different world with a very useful and exciting device where people want to spend hours of the day. Absolutely. And I, for one, am connected <laughs> almost all the time, as is. Speaking of the future, there's a there's an unbelievable article uh, on the Samba site uh, where you were interviewed as asked the Samba TV expert. And it was uh, posted in 2021. And you made predictions for the rest of the year that were as if you had a magic ball. And I would love to get your lottery number picks because clearly they will be right on target. We love to end our conversations with a prediction of the future of television. And based on all the growth and data trends that we're seeing to date, where do you think the industry will stand when it comes to fragmentation five years from now? The, the idea of fragmentation, you know, is one of those things that's sort of like uh, a genie, you know, out of the bottle. You don't put it back in. There's nothing in the history of media that suggests fragmentation reverses itself. Of course, you do have ebbs and flows of, you know, like what we're seeing now in post-pandemic times that, yeah, okay. There's an attention deficit situation going on. But the fact is that the stakes are so high that, you know, you've got Apple winning awards for its programming. Like who would have thought a device manufacturer would be, you know, competing and winning with the biggest Hollywood studios. And so when, when companies with budget and conviction and creativity can get into this game and create, you know, meaningful programming that commands attention, we see the fragmentation on an unstoppable curve. And the flexibility around, you know, what you can do with that content, you know, only continues to grow. And we haven't even really started the, the paradigm where you can watch this in your car. And that's coming. <laughs> like that's coming where you can just, you know, pop your, you know, hop in a car and you know, plug in your destination and watch a movie. And what, you know, when you're done, you're there. You're at the place where you want to be. This is a really exciting backdrop. And so what we, we embark down now is a multi-screen, a multi-screen canvas for storytelling that needs to be measured you know, accurately and in real time. And you know, because marketers are so diverse in their needs, we think that the next five years is going to be about a flourishing and entirely new marketplace for currency that takes it out of a monopoly of one company per country to multiple currencies that marketers can choose from because they're truthful and meaningful for what their needs are. Well, I would measure this as one of the best spotless conversations we've had on such an important topic. <laughs> thank you. Ashwin, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to Spotless. To hear more from our guests, find us in the Apple, Spotify, and Google podcast stores. Tune in next week for more from the boldest voices across creative technology and television. I'm your host, Alexis Ruff. I love TV and I hate camping. <laughs>